thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And this week in wellness, estrogen mimicking polychlorinated biphenols, or PCBs, have been shown to pass down through the generations, contributing to a variety of neuroendocrine, metabolic, and reproductive problems in the grandchildren of those exposed. A study on rats presented Thursday at Endo 2023, the Endocrine Society's annual meeting in Chicago, has shown that the endocrine disruptors present in our food, air, water and personal products may cause behavioural disorders like attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or overeating in future generations. The researchers exposed pregnant female rats to a PCB mixture and then tested their grandchildren on behavioural tasks related to pleasure-seeking, ability to pay attention and cognitive flexibility. The grandchildren of rats exposed to endocrine-disrupting chemicals while pregnant performed significantly worse on these tasks, showing impaired cognitive function and increased pleasure-seeking, said Emily Hills, PhD and postdoctoral fellow at the University of Texas. Interestingly, only the male grandchildren were more likely to become fixated with a visual cue, which is common in disorders such as ADHD. PCBs were used from the 1930s to the 1970s in a range of industrial products, including sealing and caulking compounds, inks, and paint additives. They were also used to make coolants and lubricants for certain kinds of electrical equipment, such as refrigerators and toaster ovens. As always, the links are in the show notes. And my opinion on this is that this is a fascinating study and makes us wonder just how much our health now is impacted by the sins of the past. You know, how much have the chemicals that have been added to, you know, not only our refrigerators and toasters, but our paints, our cleaning products, our fertilizers, you know, all of these things, how much are they impacting on our health now? And my suspicion is that it's probably more than we know. And at the same time, I worry that we need to, that we make too many excuses about our health as well. You know, I think if we only focus on the sins of the past and want to put all of our health down to bad luck and bad judgment of our previous ancestors, then maybe that takes away from us some of our personal responsibility as well. You know, maybe it's not either or, maybe it's both. You know, maybe we have been exposed to chemicals that we perhaps shouldn't have been as a result of the actions of our predecessors. And and these sort of studies suggest that that is almost certainly true. However, we still have a personal responsibility in this. You know, maybe it's the case that the better we eat, the better we think, the better we move, the healthier we create our body from the inside out, then the better we can deal with these toxins. You know, the better we can cleanse and detox and and be resilient to these sort of stresses, whether they're coming from our environment now or, or from our predecessor's environment. You know, maybe our bodies are smart and intelligent and capable of adapting to that, at least adapting better, if not perfectly, to those previous stresses if we do everything right now. So, you know, whilst I think it's important that we acknowledge the sins of the past and that they might be having an impact on our health now, and we are mindful of that in terms of our ability to have an impact on our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids in terms of what we're putting into our bodies and surrounding ourselves with now, I think we also need to be mindful that perhaps what we do makes a difference as well. Um, Obviously, it's really interesting seeing that the ADHD-like symptoms in terms of the visual cues was was significantly more impacting on males, given that we know that ADHD is three times more common in males. And so that leads us to wonder whether perhaps, you know, these sort of chemicals play a part in that trend. And as I said, it makes us wonder, you know, how many other impacts 
from the past, you know, how many other chemicals from the past and indeed from the present are impacting on our behaviors, on our diets, the way we eat, the way we think, the way we move now. And also, as I said, what, what are we doing to future generations? What chemicals are we consuming now that we think are okay, that are actually going to have a, a devastating impact potentially on future generations? And, you know, it really raises an interesting question is, is that, you know, how can we say that things are safe? How can we say that we're being scientific when it comes to introducing different chemicals, perhaps even medical interventions, if we don't know what the long-term ramifications are going to be? You know, if all we've done is a short-term study, how do we know what the long-term effects of that is? How do we know what the intergenerational effects of that is? You know, or do we just find that out decades down the track? I mean, obviously, in this case, we're using rats to try and help determine that for us. And to a degree, that might be part of the answer um, in terms of figuring out, you know, quicker what happens to future generations, obviously, because they reproduce a lot quicker. But, you know, rats aren't humans. You know, the reactions of rats may well be different to the reactions of humans. That's the reason we progress from animal studies to human studies when we want to test these sort of things because we want to know what is the impact on humans. And so the reality is that we just don't know. You know, we don't know the long-term ramifications of the chemicals we're putting into our foods, into our fertilizers, into our household products, into our beauty products, into our cleaning products. We don't know the long-term ramifications for us. And we don't know the long-term ramifications in terms of future generations. So I think it's really important that we're mindful of the chemicals we're creating, that we're allowing into our environment. You know, there are certain chemicals, you know, because people say they have this argument all the time. They say, well, everything's chemicals. You know, even natural stuff is chemicals. Even the stuff we've been exposed to forever is chemicals. And that's true. However, these are chemicals we have been exposed to for millennia. You know, when we talk about things like meat, fruit, vegetables, water, you know, clean air, natural environments. You know, these are things we've been exposed to forever, for millions and millions of years. And so we've had a chance to observe what might happen to people in those environments and the effects that they may have on people. When we're talking about newly created, you know, man-made chemicals, then we've had a lot less time to try and differentiate certainly what happens to us and and, and often in, in significantly different quantities and concentrations to what they may occur in nature if they occur in nature at all. So, you know, I think this is why medical freedom is so important. This is why I think it's really important that, that people have the right to choose their own healthcare. You know, there's a fundamental tenet of evidence-based medicine is that it's based on the science but it's also based on practitioner experience and it's also based on patient preference. And I think the latter two of those give us the opportunity to make our own informed decisions, to decide what degree of risk we as an individual are willing to take. Understanding that, as I said, we we don't know the long-term effects, we don't know the intergenerational effects. And so if we don't know that, then I think we should always have the right to choose. So be mindful of the chemicals you're allowing into the environment. Be mindful of the chemicals you're surrounding yourself with in your homes, in your beauty products, in your cleaning products, in your foods, in your you know, in your gardens, in your, just in everything in the environment around you. You know, I think you should be looking to reduce the man-made, you know, recently introduced chemicals as much as possible um, and revert to more natural sources and more traditional sources that we've been exposed to for a much longer period of time and had a, a much better understanding of the effects they have on the human body as much as we possibly can. And I think that's more likely to have less effects on you and to have less effects, negative effects on future generations as well. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook and Instagram at This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, 
head to drbrethill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.